Today's sales leaders face a difficult task, selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. A new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me sales. Hey guys, Alex here, ajnashville.com. This is episode 26. Uh, today I'm just going to talk about a couple different things. I'm going to talk about the fact that we are moving offices. We're no longer going to be located in Franklin. We're actually moving out to Spring Hill, uh, which happens to be a great opportunity for us. You know, having a better laid out office, which will include a conference room, a podcast room, studio, a larger office for myself, and then a sitting and waiting area and and a decent size office for Jeff is definitely something that we're looking forward to. Now, with any move, uh, the one thing we're not looking forward to is the actual move itself. Those of you that follow me closely know that I have a giant fish tank that's going to have to be moved. That is a pain in the ass to begin with, but luckily I have a buddy of mine, Mr. James Woodard, that is going to help me get that move. That's kind of what he does for a living, so it's going to be a little bit easier with that assistance, obviously. Um, other than that, we're just taking things over piece by piece, taking a load here, a load there. The nice thing is it's going to be a lot closer to my house, which means I don't spend you know, a good hour a day in traffic there and back. It's going to be a quick commute. Same thing for Jeff, right down the road for him as well. So it's going to be a nice little commute back and forth. Now, those of you listening, notice that um, the millennial, he is not here with us any longer. The millennial has decided that he did not have a passion in the mortgage industry, and I actually commend him for uh, figuring something like that out so early in the career. The thing is, you know, he's younger. He's still got some time to figure some things out. Um, I'm by no means upset that he left the company. He did so in a way that was respectable and acceptable. Uh, I could just tell, and Jeff could tell, that his, his mind and soul wasn't into this. And the biggest thing is, if you're going to be in this type of industry, in order to serve people the best way possible, you have to have that commitment and that want and the drive to continue to do what it is that we do. You know, the the beginning stages are definitely more difficult than the season stages because you're trying to build your book of business. But as we all know, things do not get easier as the career path increases, as the pipeline builds, as the... Uh, deals progress, anything anything like that. So, you know, hats off to him for making that decision. Hats off to him for making that decision early on. Um, you know, and obviously we wish the best of luck to Jim and his future. Um, you know, there's definitely no hard feelings there. And, and he's still currently residing with me, so it's not like I'm one of those angry people that say, okay, you're not going to work for me. You're up and out of here. So, anyways, so recently... I've done a lot of um, self-growth. You know, I don't spend a whole lot of time watching TV or anything like that. I'm usually online uh, reading. Maybe I'm looking at a motivational book, quotes, things like that. But I find myself doing that more often. One thing that I find that's common that I read quite a bit is that most successful people tend to do things like that. Uh, Those of you that know me know that I am very focused on the path of success and doing what I need to do in order to expand my business and grow and and continue to do well. You know, this mortgage industry, unfortunately, at some point will take a turn. It's not going to be as fruitful as it currently is. 
we're in a market right now where we can turn down a deal and not work with uh, a particular scenario because of one reason or another and not really think twice about it. Those of you that remember that were in the industry uh, after the collapse, those days were very, uh, I mean, you were lucky to have a deal. You know, you went out, you busted your butt, and you got about a quarter of the business that we have now. So in preparation for that, because eventually that that circle is going to come full circle again, and we may not have a housing collapse, but the business isn't going to be as fruitful as it is now. So in preparation for that, obviously, I'm, I'm looking at expanding other areas. I'm still focusing on my primary book of business, which is mortgages, and that's something I'll always focus on. It's something that I'm good at that I enjoy. But diversifying and, and doing other things to grow, not only as a person but financially as well, is something that's important to me. I don't want to catch myself in a post-2008 uh, crisis where I'm trying to figure out how to pay my mortgage payment, put food on the table, and take care of my kids and everything else. That being said, loan officers that are listening to this, do yourself a favor and start putting money aside. I cannot tell you how many people I talked to prior to the collapse that were doing all kinds of things, and then the collapse came and they lost everything. Obviously, I wouldn't want that for any of you guys and girls that are listening, so make sure you do the right thing. This is not going to be forever. I can promise you something is going to slow this market down. I think we're going to see some slowdown in 2018. Um, I know some of the agents are going to start getting out of the business because it's not what it was always cut out to be. You know, it's not something that simple that you can just pick up a listing just by having a license and a pulse, you know, that you're not going to pick up a loan just because you're a loan officer. Um, these things take a lot of preparation, a lot of time, a lot of work. So becoming a person that's needed in this industry is going to be very important. If you think that on a daily basis you can pick up the phone and just make the phone calls and get the deals and you're good as gold and, and you can continue to waste $10,000 a month, you're going to be up for a rude awakening come soon. So prepare yourself. Buckle down. It's something that I've been thinking about quite a bit. Uh, diversify a little bit if you can put some money in some different investments. If you can basically hide your money from yourself. Because unfortunately, and I've been in these shoes, as a loan officer... We're always in a position where, um, you know, you think the money's going to be here tomorrow. The money's going to come. If I do the same things I did today, it's going to happen again tomorrow, and it's going to be there. That's going to change, and we're going to find out how quick that changes. So I don't want to harp too much on the, the loan thing. It's just thoughts of mine that have been there. You know, the motivational thing, like I said, you know, my buddy Ryan Stuman made a point. He said he's going to start doing a five-minute-a-day podcast for people to wake up and listen to something energizing and motivating and uplifting. Um, I do that every morning in the shower. You know, I'll listen to somebody else motivate or um, give me ideas or dreams or whatever it may be because it helps with the mindset. Mindset's very important. If you wake up in the morning and you're pissed off at the world and you have nothing going on and, and you're arguing with the wife and yelling at the kids and everything else, your day is going to progress the same way. So the way we start our day is very, very important, which is why Ryan is going to do this five-minute uh, podcast deal every morning. Makes perfect sense. When I get up and I get in the shower and I listen to something motivating, something uplifting, it, it encourages me to do things throughout the day that I may not otherwise do, that I may choose to 
put on the back burner. Today, I don't kind of, I don't feel well. I don't want to do as much as I did yesterday. The thing is, is there's always somebody out there trying to outperform you. There's always somebody out there trying to take your business partners away from you. And your one day off can be the one day that they succeed. So getting up with the right positive mindset, headed in the right direction with a clear mind, is something that I enjoy doing. Most people jump in the car and they listen to music on the way to the office. They listen to something you know, that, that's motivating for them. That's just not for me. As I get older, I find myself listening to more podcasts, um, staying in tune with things that are going to help me grow, ideas from people that have helped them grow. You know, and that's, that's what each of us should, if we're looking to grow, should be doing. Now, if you're comfortable with where you're at in life, continue to do what you do. I, myself, want to be the very best at everything that I involve myself in. And by reading, by studying, by listening to podcasts and everything else, that's going to allow me to be better today than I was yesterday and better tomorrow than I am today. So continue with the growth. You know, that's something that I've identified that I want to do. Um, Those of you that listen, obviously you're listening for a reason. Maybe we're related, maybe not. Maybe you enjoy what I have to say, maybe you don't. I don't don't know. But I want to obviously thank you guys for your support and constantly listening to my messages, and hopefully something I say helps motivate you as well. Um, My dreams of, of doing certain things, whether they be materialistic or not, is what motivates me. The thought of putting my children in a situation to where they never have to worry like I did, the sacrifice, the struggle, and everything that I went through as a kid, that's what motivates me. Now, some of that is monetary. Some of it is... Uh, money that helps make that easier. But it also relaxes the struggle to where you don't have to worry about, hey, how am I going to pay my bills this month? How am I going to pay for the daycare? How am I going to feed the kids? How am I going to make the house payments? Um, you know, and, and those are things that I focus on as, as far as growth is concerned as well. Another thing that uh, we talked about over the weekend, down payment assistance programs. I actually had a person say I was a racist because we did not offer a down payment assistance program. Now, those of you that don't know, down payment assistance is basically a uh, private company, government entity, something like that, that comes in and provides a portion of the down payment for a person to purchase a home. Those are typically found for people that are in low to moderate income brackets that um, have the ability to save, but maybe not the ability to save such a large chunk at once. I think it's a very, very good program for people that fall into that category. The person that called me the racist or a racist because of that made more than what the county loan limit allowed that person to make anyways. So it wouldn't have made a difference in their case. And the way I see it is if you can't save 3.5% and you're making $76,000 a year, there's an issue. You're overspending. Um, Something's going on to where you're not being able to save that money. Um, down payment assistance programs to me is, is for the person that is working their butt off just to get by, working a couple jobs, doing things like that just to get by, but just can't make headway to purchase a home. You know, like I said, I think that's understandable. If you are doing your best and you have proven that you have the ability to save something, then that's an appropriate program for you. Now, here's my fear for people that don't have that ability. 
one thing that one of my mentors says quite a bit is people are one flat tire away from foreclosure. And there's a lot of truth to that, meaning that if you had a decision to either make your full mortgage payment or replace the tire that just blew out that is placed on the vehicle that takes your kids to daycare every day and gets you to work, which one do you think you're actually going to pay? We know. The tire. Because the tire allows you to provide for yourself and your family. Now, combine that with the ability to not be able to really save money. Where are you going to make up for that lost money or that lost time that you spent on the tire that should have went to the mortgage? Now, there is a sense of ownership and everything else when it comes to people buying a home. But there also is a sense of being buried. And that's when you fall behind on something and feel like there's no way out. No matter what you do, you can't get caught up. It may be because your job doesn't pay that well. It may be because the debts you have to pay uh, are higher. could be a, a multitude of reasons, but keep in mind, when we qualify people for a mortgage, the max debt-to-income ratio on most down payment assistance programs is 43%. Some are 45 but most are 43 Now, that's based on gross income, and that's based on debts that report on credit. So that doesn't take into account for the insurance the car or the, uh, the cell phone, the kids' food, the food you have to put on your table, the electricity, the water, all the other things in life that cost quite a bit of money that we don't account for because the guidelines don't require us to. Now, those things make a person that is qualifying at a 43% debt-to-income ratio with no savings makes them a higher risk. Now, once again... This is a program that people deserve as long as they prove the ability to pay. But what you find statistically as a licensed loan officer, I find that if you tell a person, hey, you qualify for a maximum of $200,000, guess what dollar amount they start looking in? You guessed it, 200000 Let me tell you how many phone calls I've gotten. Hey, can we go up to 205 or 210 that tells me that there is an issue because you're looking to spend at the higher end of your spectrum, which means you have no extra money sitting aside. Now, naturally, as human beings, we think, you know what, we'll find a way. If there's a will, there's a way. But realistically, how, how exhausted do you want to be to be able to afford that 200000 or 300000 or $150,000 or $80,000 house? You know? Now, if you're paying $1,400, $1,500 in rent and you have a history of doing so and you have been successful, then maybe that payment's for you. I'm not here to tell you which program is the best one for you or which one isn't. I'm here to advise you based on your finances which one makes the most sense and ultimately that person can make a decision on what they think is best for them. But the down payment assistance programs, I believe, are taken advantage of in a big way. I feel like a lot of people that should have been able to save the money haven't been able to save the money. And that's a problem when you go to buy a home. See, most people don't realize that a water heater, when it breaks, is very expensive to replace. Not only do you have to get a plumber out there to replace it, but you also have to buy the unit. Those of you that are handy, that can figure out how to do the plumbing and everything yourself, hats off to you. You still have to buy the unit. And if the unit's $400... Where's that $400 coming from if the checking account's negative $19 at the end of the month? 
Now, I'm not saying everybody is like that, but these are real scenarios. These are real situations. I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands, of buyers throughout my years that were looking to purchase a home but had no money in savings. Now, some people will sit there and say, well, of course they haven't. They work at a fast food joint and they don't make a whole lot of money. What do you expect? I hear you. And to some degree, I can be empathetic of that. Now, this comes from the fact that my mom was a waitress her whole adult life that I knew her. And she got cash tips and $2.15 an hour. My mom still had money saved and stashed aside. Why? She knew that one day it was going to rain. And she didn't know if it was going to pour or if it was going to sprinkle. But she wanted to do her best to make sure she had money set aside for that day. Now, in other scenarios, you don't necessarily see that. When you see a person that is strapped for cash and doesn't have the money for a down payment, but yet you see Netflix expense and the bar and traveling and airline expenses and things like that, it makes you wonder, where's the priority? Becoming a homeowner doesn't suddenly change that priority. Or what about the person that has no savings and barely has a credit score to get by? Those are all risks that we have to think about. Once again, I want to say this because I know people that are listening are thinking this. I am all for down payment assistance programs for the right scenarios. I've literally had people that make six figures a year ask me, if they would qualify for down payment assistance. Come on, guys. Put some money aside. Save. Do what you have to do. Now, the one person that I don't feel should ever have to make a down payment, and because of their program type they don't, is a veteran. You did save. You saved this country from us bowing on our knees and speaking a foreign language. So you've put in your work. You've made your down payment. You deserve that program. The risk factor on a veteran loan is much, much lower. I believe the default rate is somewhere at 1.7, 1.9%, the lowest default rate out of any other program. Which brings me to this. If you're a seller and you get an offer from a veteran, that doesn't mean that that's an inferior offer. Because they have 100% financing doesn't mean that they're an inferior borrower. It means that they get to utilize the one right that still exist for veterans. It means that they get to utilize that one thing that can help them live their American dream. So if you receive an offer for a veteran, please take that into deep consideration. We've already debunked the whole thing of the seller has to pay all the closing costs, things like that. If you are a seller's agent and you are listening to this and you have a veteran offer that you have a question on, please reach out to me. I will answer any question in any market for any veteran out there. No questions asked. The VA programs are ones that we have to stop and we have to take a look at and say, hey, these people agreed and they signed a contract without knowing what the cost was going to be in order to protect this country. They have every right to purchase the home at 100% financing that they served to protect. Do not get the veteran loan, the VA loan, confused with the down payment assistance loan. VA are written in-house. Down payment assistance loans, for the most part, are not. The average 
veteran has a higher credit score than most conventional and FHA borrowers. That's right. I said conventional and FHA, not just DPA. The VA loan has a smaller default rate than any other program currently available based on statistics of 2017. The VA loan also has the least amount of overlays, meaning getting in trouble halfway through the process is less likely than not since the clients are being reviewed more thoroughly up front. And loan officers, do your damn job. Log into Web LGY and get that COE. Stop waiting until the last minute to get that. Stop waiting and then finding out that your veteran was in the National Guard and didn't receive enough points to qualify, or that your veteran served but did not serve enough days in order to receive his or her benefit, or that your veteran is exempt from a funding fee. And that could have allotted them a couple of extra thousand dollars for their dream home as opposed to the home that you qualified them for. Anyways, before I get off to rambling, because I'll talk about a VA loan day in and day out all day long and do my best to educate anybody that's willing to listen. The moral of the story is I am not a racist because I don't do a down payment assistance program. That's, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. As a business, we look to protect ourselves, and as a loan officer who is married to a loan for the life of the loan, I have to make a responsible decision on what's best for my business and what isn't. Also, the fact that they sit on warehouse lines a little bit longer than most loans, and that the, the default rate is higher than most deals. Those are things I take in consideration. Those of you doing down payment assistance loans, that is awesome. You are helping people, and if I have a person that needs a DPA loan, I will send them to somebody. I will never tell a person not to look at that as an option. VA loans, those of you that are listening for that purpose, if there's ever a question, anything that you need as it pertains to the VA loan, please feel free to reach out to me. I've had the luxury of having training from Military Mortgage Boot Camp, which was Founded by Mr. J. McMakin and Mr. Michael Fisher. I've had extensive training, so if I don't know the answer, somebody I know will. And if you need a VA loan officer in your area, I guarantee I have one. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for always showing me your support. This year is becoming a great year so far. The support on my YouTube channel, SoundCloud, Blog Talk Radio, everything else. You guys blow me away with the amount of support I receive from everybody that listens and that follows me. For that, I thank you very, very much. It is very important to me. It means quite a bit to me. And if there's anything I can ever do to help you, please, by all means, reach out to me. Also, I'm looking for new people to be on the podcast. Um, if you have an interesting story to tell interesting perspective, whatever it may be, shoot me a private message. I'd love to have you on. If you're not local, I bought all this stuff from Guitar Center to do podcasts in other cities, other states from where I'm at. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you on Friday. Today's sales leaders face a difficult task, selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. 
a new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education, addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me sales.